This is the Employee to Entrepreneur podcast, the podcast for the family man who's looking to kill his job and escape the rat race. So if you're a husband or a father who's looking to transition into entrepreneurship with the goal of spending more time with family or leaving a legacy, then you're in the right place. I made this podcast for you because I am you. I am your host, Brendan Ryan, and I'm making that transition myself. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Hector Perdomo, who's a business owner. He owns his own private wealth management and business funding company called Angel Business Incorporated. And together we explore the topic of what it takes to be a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur at the same time. It is difficult to do one or the other, but it takes a special breed of person to tackle both and why somebody would want to undertake both endeavors at the same time. Hector, thanks for joining me today. No, my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Sure, sure. So Hector, everyone knows that entrepreneurship is super difficult. Everyone knows the statistics, nine out of 10 business startups fail. And I think anyone would agree that parenthood is tough too. So there's not that many guys that try to do both. It's a rare breed, if you will, that actually tries to tackle both at the same time. And that happens to be the case with you. What made you want to do that? Um, I think it started like very young. I seen my father attempt to be an entrepreneur. Um, we're from North Boston and there wasn't a lot of opportunities. So when we moved down to Florida, um, my father had to try to, you know, take care of the bills. He unfortunately, you know, didn't make it past his freshman year in high school. Um, so obviously he wasn't academically sound. So he just tried to, you know, that hustler mentality, trying to be an entrepreneur. And I, and I seen that in him. But what I was also able to see is he was my basketball coach. He was able to go to all of my games. So seeing that at an early age really inspired me. Like, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I because I want to have that time with my family, you know. Um, absolutely love being with my kids. But if you're working a typical nine to five, and most nine to fives, if you really want to take care of your family, you're there till six, seven o'clock at night, which as an entrepreneur that, you know, obviously that's the case as well. There's no set schedule, but when I want to go spend time with my kids, I can. Um, so I would say like very, at a very early age, seeing my dad attempt to become an entrepreneur and just seeing at least the possibilities, even though he wasn't successful, right. Um, to seeing the possibilities of what can happen and how you can spend time with your family is what really motivated me. Nice. Yeah. I've heard quite a bit, quite a few entrepreneurs state that they often had somebody, whether it was their dad or their grandpa or an uncle in their family kind of role model that for them. That wasn't actually the case for me, but I wish that I had that because I think if I did, I might not have ever gone to college actually because <laughs> once I figured out like what I really wanted, I was, I'm all in on it, you know? Um, but yeah, I think you're spot on about that, about entrepreneurship really being the route that offers you a lot more freedom to be able to spend time with your family. Um, maybe not so much in the beginning, you know, when you're building the, the company and building the, the business often, there's a saying that a lot, a lot of people like to throw out there that entrepreneur is the only one that quit for working 40 hours a week to start <laughs> working 80 hours a week. Um, That's true. So it can be tough in the beginning and to that point, you got to have support from your family, especially your wife or your spouse um, when you're starting out. So can you talk to me a little bit about that? What has been, has she been on board? Has she always been your cheerleader or did oh, it take yes. convincing? Yeah, she's heavily involved in the business, you know? Um, but I think what you said, like, it's very important to understand that from the beginning, how much work is going to go into it in the beginning stages um it, it's not a lot of quick wins and sometimes i feel like that's why a lot of people fail is because they're they're like let's go with baseball they're swinging for a home run right from the beginning of the game it's just the first inning you know and if you don't understand that this is a long-term play then you know you're gonna quit and it's everything goes down the drain so i think getting everybody on the same page but understanding in the beginning is super important but um, I'm fortunate enough to have someone who supports us all the way through uh, because we have like the same goals in mind. Like we like to travel, we like to do things with our family. And even if, you know, I went down this road of entrepreneurship, but she worked, let's say a nine to five, 
no, it could still have its challenges. You know what I mean? And everyone is able to navigate through challenges. I'm not saying that if you're an entrepreneur and you're a husband that your spouse can't work a nine to five. I'm just more talking about like from my experience, how, how much it's actually helped me, oh, you know, absolutely. knowing that going after certain contracts or really being able to just dive in, come in to our home office and I could just kind of lock in knowing that she got the kids, she's taking care of everything at home really actually helps me um, push the company to another level. But I yeah. think, like you said, everybody has to be on the same page in the beginning to at least understand, you know, um, where we want to be at in the future and understand that it's a, it's a long-term play. It's not short-term. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You hit on a lot of important stuff there. Um, I think that, you know, that everybody's seeing the flashy cars, the watches on Instagram and everything <laughs> sets somewhat unrealistic expectation for for guys that are just jumping in and they think that the results might be a lot faster than is usually the case usually it's going to take longer than you think and it's going to be harder than you think than you think it will be but it's 100 going to be worth it that plus you mentioned that she's actually involved in a business and that's something that i've been really trying to um do myself is get my my wife involved in the business more because i think that that helps cohesion, communication, and everything, you end up growing together in the business and in life. And um, yeah, I, my goal, I want to buy a franchise and actually have my, my wife work in it with me. Um, and nice. that's kind of a shorter intermediate <clears throat> goal. But I, I love that idea of like, a not, not, not necessarily like a family business in the sense that you, like you own your own like quickie mart or something like that. And you yeah, have a restaurant or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Um, which I'm sure is great. Like, I'm sure those families are super tight, you know, like, I think that they spend a ton of time together. And, you know, they have a common goal, and everything. But just having a family business in general, I think that is is huge for like a more integrated life. Like the way I see a lot of people working nowadays is the, the mom goes to work, the dad goes to work, they have different jobs and somebody else is taking care of the kids during the day, whether that's like a nanny or daycare or school or whatever. And everybody's like very separate. But mm -hmm. my, my dream is that like everybody can be together, like your mom and dad are both working in the business and so are the kids when they're old enough, that kind of thing. Um, and I just I love that idea of it being such more much more of an integrated life. And I think actually that it used to be that way. You know, if you go back, you know, 50, 100 years or whatever, that was much more common than it is today. I think it's great for family life. What do you think? No, I agree. Um, I deal also with like family offices, right? So these are very um, high net worth individuals. They have a, and it, everything is run through the family and it's actually ran that way. You know, maybe not necessarily the, the wife heavily involved or the spouse heavily involved, but goals, right? So the family has a certain goal. And if what we're doing isn't pushing that goal of the family, then they're not doing it. So and every family can have different goals. Every family has their own sector that they like to really dive into, but still understanding like, okay, our goal is to create these businesses. So they're cash flowing and then we can be there for our children, um, you know, sporting events and things like that. And whatever decisions we make, if it's not pushing towards that goal, we're not going to do it as a family. So obviously private family offices, like they, it's, it's a lot more detailed than that, but to hit on what you were saying, it, that's how it is. It's, there's a certain goal. If it's not pushing that needle, we don't need to do it. And yeah. they're very disciplined with that. But there's a lot of benefits that come with that. You know, seeing your children um, play sports, their first steps. Like there's a lot of important events that we want to be in in our, in our children's lives, in our family, that we want to be part of. And I think that's what pushes me to be an entrepreneur is so I can enjoy those moments with my family. So if that means I have to work 80 hours this week, so next week I could take a vacation with my family, I'll do that all day long. Yeah, a lot more freedom, a lot more flexibility. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it, it's goals, a common goal among people is huge. It's probably the most unifying thing that you can have. For instance, think back to 9-11 in this country when that happened, how unified the country became yeah. after that. Like, regardless of what you think about that war now it's very clear that that common goal unified the country and more so than maybe it had been in a long time and has been since right 
Um, and the same applies to like a team, you know, the team has a common goal, right? any company, any business that has a good culture, at least has a common goal and they, they're unified. And so I think that in having a common, uh, a family business, you get that commonality, that goal that drives everybody together. And you don't have this fragmented life, like I was describing earlier, but you mentioned, travel. And, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say like, even that, that's a perfect example of, how you really need to think about everybody being on, on one goal. Because if you think about how, how united our country was when that happened, we were so obsessed and passionate about, about that goal of, of unity and pushing our country forward. If you think about that from a business perspective, if everyone involved in the business is so passionate about pushing the needle and just super locked in on one goal, look what we were able to accomplish. Like our country was so unified during 9-11, even though it was a tragic event, right? Like you said, whatever anyone thinks about what it is, what happened or anything like that, the truth is it was a tragic event and we probably haven't been so unified um, since before or after. But look at where we were. So if, if you could take that principle and apply it to a business and have people within the business so obsessed and unified towards a common goal, look what you can accomplish, you know? So I think that was yeah. a really good example of, of what you're talking about. And I think if people kind of understood that principle of it, like they could do the same for themselves. For sure. A business or a family, right? Or, and mm -hmm. why not both? If you can yeah. use that common goal and unify your business and your family at the same time, it seems like a win-win. Absolutely. Just my opinion. But you yeah. also mentioned travel, which is something that I for sure want to do um, when I get to where I'm going. I want to be able to show my kids the world and be able to give them experiences that maybe I didn't have when I was growing up. And I think that it's never been more possible to do that because everybody can build online businesses now and you can end up working yeah. whenever you want, wherever you want, et cetera. And so is that kind of your thought process too with that? Or are you, what are you building more of a brick and mortar business? Um, so it's, so like my company, we do a lot of stuff online, you know, um, I don't necessarily do like an e-commerce type of business. Like, of course, everyone is separate. They, they have their own kind of expertise of what they're good at. I think if it's a, it's a brick and mortar, um, could definitely be tough, but you still want to have some kind of online presence. It's just the, the, the era that we live in, you know, I think it's super important to at least understand what, uh, where we're at. And adapt because one thing um, that the pandemic taught us is if that you don't adapt to what's going on, like you die. Um, there's a lot of businesses who unfortunately aren't around anymore, which we know it's very, very difficult to thrive in business as it is. But I think it's even more important that if you don't adapt, that you'll lose your business. Um, and I think rather whatever opinions everybody has about the pandemic as well, what was going on. That showed us that as well. You have to adapt to what's going on or you're, you're not going to make it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it amazes me that there's still some businesses out there that don't have much of an online presence. It's, yeah, and, it's crazy. And that right? actually, you know, survived. There's not too many of them anymore, especially post-pandemic. But yeah, blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. But um, so I think that when and if somebody like you and me, who's a husband and a father, a family man, if you will, wants to get into entrepreneurship, they have to have a strong why, a, a reason why they, they want to do that. And of course, just being able to spend time with your family like, like I want to, or the desire to be able to travel more with your family is, is a pretty good why. But I think, at least for me, there's a lot more that goes into it, right? Because, like I said earlier, it's very difficult to do just one of them. It's very difficult yeah. to be an entrepreneur, and it's very difficult to be a parent, and it's incredibly difficult to do both at once. So your why, the driving, motivating factor, has to be really compelling. So what is it for you, would you say? Um, so we do this exercise with a lot of um, family offices that we work with and just people in general. It's, it's like a North Star. It's just finding like your ultimate why that it wakes you up and you go crazy if you haven't achieved it. Right. 
And and with mine is is leaving a legacy for like my kids to where like I was involved in a really bad car accident to where um everybody looks at me like no broken bones, nothing. I was like, no, thank God, like I made it, you know, I'm good. But I always think of what if I didn't? Like, what am I leaving my wife and children? I'm leaving my wife to have to take care of our kids with nothing, you know? So you have to find something that just, it almost drives you crazy if you're not at least moving towards that goal, you know? Um, Grant Cardone talks about like the 10X thing, like, right? Which it's very true. Not only do you want to like multiply your goal, but you want something that's going to like bother you if you wake up in the morning, knowing that the day prior, you're not closer to achieving that goal. Like, and that's what mine is. Am I closer to, God forbid, I'm not here anymore. My wife and children are taken care of forever, for however long they live. And not only my children's, but my children's children's children, leaving legacies, super important to me. Just because, like, growing up, um, you know, we didn't come from money by, like, by any means. Um, my grandfather, my great, my great, 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 great grandparents, like, we, we just... Nobody left anything behind, you know, um, and that bothers me to do that to, to my family. And I know that, you know, my wife and kids, I know that my family tried to do the best that they could. Um, but me personally, I want to leave a much better life for my family. I'm right there with you, man. I think that that's, that's so important and really powerful. And, and if you're built, if you build a business, you're building a cash flow machine. You're not just building a nest egg. And if that's the case, you, you could conceivably build something that could last for generations and literally take care and provide for your kids, kids, kids someday. I'm like you where I wasn't left anything either. And it actually blows my mind that that's the case because my dad was actually very good with money. He, he hustled like really hard. And at one point he had 14 rental properties in Southern California, which would be worth like an absurd amount of money today. Right. And because of his health issues and because he put us through college and I don't know what else, but because of those things, he died with very little money, like very, very little money. And Man, left, sorry to hear that. Yeah, left like not much at all. And it blows my mind because I'm like, wow, like how can somebody that had that much at one time end up with basically nothing at the end of the road, right? Um, and so I think that a lot of people are operating with like bad information nowadays about the long-term retirements, legacy plan. I think that a lot of people would be shocked to know that Wealthcare Financial actually did a study the last year, I believe it was, and found that the average millennial, because of inflation, will need to have at least $3 million to retire. The average mm-hmm. millennial, just that's one surprising. person. That's not even talking about leaving a legacy. That's not talking mm-hmm. about your spouse. That's $3 million per person. That's mind-blowing. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't surprise me either. Think of everything going on. Um, Like back in the day, a million dollars, you have a million dollars, man, you can retire, go off into the sunset, everything's all good. But um, inflation and just the cost of living on a lot of different aspects, like a million dollars is nothing at all, Um, especially if you're not set up correctly with taxes and everything. Like you can't do much, you know, Um, especially if you're talking longevity. You know what I mean? Um, I know a couple of people in like the life insurance industry and there's certain people who want to set up like $100,000 policy for people. And they're like, you, you realize this does nothing at all. That's $100,000. I've never made $100,000 a year in my life. It's nothing. You're not leaving anyone anything. And I think one thing that I believe it's super important that I feel like a lot of people don't do is understand finances and you don't have to be a financial guru, but you at least have to understand your finances, right? Like, um, there's an exercise we do with all of my clients, especially in the finance space, like go through your bank statements. What are you spending money on? Is it really necessary? Is it pushing that goal? Right. How we were talking about earlier, like your family should have goals as a family. Even again, if you're not an, an entrepreneur, like as a family, you should still have goals. Like what do you want to accomplish as a family? Do you want to take these trips? Do you want to see your children go to college or just find out what you want to do? 
And then I, I think this will correct um, a lot of people's lives where if they were to go through their bank statements and just realize, hey, I shouldn't be spending money on these things, like they'll be able to accomplish something a lot more in their life, even if they're not entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Yeah. And I like that, man. I think that that's a good like family exercise that literally every family should do, whether they're entrepreneurial or not, is talk about what are our family goals exactly? Because I bet you mm-hmm. most people would be like, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I think what I was getting at with um uh, with that bad information, when I said that people are operating with bad information is that I think conventional wisdom is extremely slow to change. And even though a million dollars used to be a ton of money, like if you rewind, even 50 years ago, that's a pretty decent chunk of change. Nowadays, not so much, man. It's not even enough mm-hmm. to retire. It's not even enough mm-hmm. to retire. So it, like a million dollars, while that's a nice milestone, seven figures, I get it that's not as much money as you think it is. And that should really light a fire under a lot of people's butts, especially the younger generations, the ones that mm-hmm. might not even have things like social security by the time they yeah. get right. For all we yeah. know, that's not going to be there um, because it's, it's already poorly funded or maybe not even funded at all, depending on who you ask. So it's all a mess for sure. So anyway, um, you what's can, your take like, on- piggybacking off of that though, Brent, like let's break it down. Most people, a hundred thousand dollars a year is not enough to take care of their family anymore. Right. So let's just say a hundred thousand dollars a year for 10 years, use your million dollars. Like that's it. Yeah. Uh, if you spend no money. <laughs> yeah. And there's plenty of States where, um, actually I was just looking this up. I think it was, California, a median income was 70 to 90 median in California. That's like, and that's like bare minimum, just barely getting by 70 to 90 a year. And you're hoping to retire and enjoy life. Let's just say for 10 years at a hundred grand each per year, like you're not doing much. You're, you're barely scraping it by and you're going to work all your life. You know, you want to be able to enjoy it in you could barely pay your bills. Yeah. Yeah. I think if it clicked for more people that you're not going to be able to retire, even though you're making six figures, hundred K even 150 or whatever, even 200 K mm-hmm. you're probably, and if, if you have a family and you got expenses, like most people do, um, and you're spending most of that 200 K income, you're, you're probably not going to be able to retire. That should light a fire under so many people's butts. And I personally have a mission to help a thousand aspiring entrepreneurs escape the rat race, start their own company, because I truly believe that the world needs more entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs solve problems and everybody has their own unique gifts and talents and perspectives on the world. And I think the world would be a much better place if we had so many more people building businesses, opening up businesses or creating new products and services. And we were talking about the pandemic earlier. And when that happened in 2020, there was an explosion of new businesses. Even in 2021, it's continued to go up. But because 2022, things got a little bit rougher, we got, we started dipping again. And I was like, oh man, because I really think that we'll see. I really believe that the trend will be that the younger generations, millennials and Gen Zs especially, will be the ones that like increasingly open up their own businesses. And it might start as just so. like a side hustle type thing, but they're going to they're gonna be more and more entrepreneurial because they're seeing people on social media all the time that are building businesses and, you know, living the laptop lifestyle, if you will. Yeah. They like, you know, travel to Tulum one week and Cape Town the next week and Dubai and et cetera and build their businesses and... I mean, that's super motivating. Like who wouldn't want to do that? You know? So I really believe the trend is, is going that way. And when I talk to younger, younger people, and I know that maybe my sample size is biased or something, (laughs) um, but when I talk to younger people, even like, you know, at the gym and stuff, they're all interested in it and they're all thinking about it. And they're all questioning, even if they are going to college, like whether or not they're doing the right thing. So it's just uh it's been proven too like if you think about it, a lot of people get scared like especially when there's a new industry you know when, when crypto first started and every time there's like something new that's introduced people want to see if it's proven first before they dive into it right now this lap, laptop lifestyle it's proven there's plenty of people 
all over the world who become very successful working out of their laptop all around the world, right? So now that it's proven, I agree with you a, a thousand percent. I think more people are, are more open to becoming entrepreneurs. And there was a statistic because um, I actually helped when like when the pandemic started, I ran one of the largest customer service campaigns across the nation for the PPP campaign. Um, I had like almost 300 chat agents helping facilitate the PPP, helping people out. And we were looking at the statistics and I think they said between 2019 to 2020, there was an increase of about 60% in new EINs registered. And then from 2020 to 2021, it was like 20 something percent. But if you think about it, that's 20 something percent of 2020 to 2021. So if you think about that two year increase from 2019 to 2021, it was a huge boom in entrepreneurship. Yeah. And I think it's people started realizing everybody's laying everybody off. Something happened, the pandemic, like there's no money coming in. I have to be able to fend for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that opened a lot of people's eyes. And again, going back to the, if you don't adapt, you know, you, you can die concept, but I agree with you. I think people now see uh, being an entrepreneur, it can, there's a lot of benefits to it. And it's been proven that there's different ways you can do it. It's not necessarily, I have to open up a brick and mortar shop to be mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. I think more people have seen people become successful. And I think social media also has a big impact on it on why people are doing it because it's that social proof. But I think now that it's proven more and more people are going to become entrepreneurs. So there's a lot of people you're going to be able to help, you know, to achieve that goal. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. And I think to your point, you're, you're hundred percent right that it's not even just on social media anymore. I, most people know somebody that has an online mm-hmm. business now. And so they're seeing that, Hey, my, my friend or my classmate or whatever can do it. So why can't I? Obviously I can, mm-hmm. it, and you can, it's not that hard. Like you can go spin up an LLC and buy the domain name and even throw up a one pager website all within like a few hours. It's <laughs> really not that hard. It's never been that yeah. easy. So ClickFunnels yeah, made it super easy, man. Um, you don't have to be an expert. Like I've seen testimonials of people who you look at them and you're like, there's no way that that person who knows nothing about technology created a successful online business. There's no way. And, Man, there's so many success stories, which is a, it's beautiful to see so many people in our country who, you know, they thought they were stuck in the rat race, right? Um, we like to call it that rat trap. You know, there's really no winner in that race. It's all a trap. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And it's great to see other people succeeding, um, getting access to a life they never would have imagined that they would have access to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to call it... I. I think some people will get mad at me about this. Maybe this is a controversial opinion, but I like to call it the middle class trap because I actually made a reel about this the other day, a short form video. And I said, the American dream is not what you think it is. And what I mean by that is when a lot of people think about the American dream, they think of, you know, an average size house with a white picket fence in suburbia with Mm -hmm. 2.1 kids and the dog and everything. And while that's, that's nice, that's actually more of like the societal norm that everybody is pressured mm-hmm. to doing. It's not really a dream in the sense that it's something that like truly inspires people. It doesn't give me goosebumps to, to think of that. It's, just, it's a nice image, but it's not something that's super motivating. It's not really a dream. You know, uh, the, the American dream is, you know, we were a, a, a country built on capitalism. A, mm-hmm. a country that rewards merit, in other words. The more value pr- yeah. you provide to society, the better you will be paid. And I don't think a lot of people are taking advantage of that anymore. Everybody's very satisfied to go become like a nurse or an engineer or something and live in this middle class trap, I call it. Because in the middle class, you actually have less freedom than either extreme. So obviously, rich people have tons of freedom because they can pay to do whatever they want, whenever they want. They can outsource anything. They don't have to cut their own lawn. They don't have to wash their own car. They can pay for anything and everything that they want. But on the opposite extreme of the spectrum, poor people don't have any responsibilities, right? And so they're, in a sense, very free as well. They're not they're not mm-hmm. slaved to their job. They're not a slave to their bills, like the middle class. And so it's almost like the average person has been sold this lie, um, yeah. with this, this, uh, societal pressure, this funnel system that we have, this traditional school system that 
almost pushes you into these usual jobs, if you will. And then you end up in that middle-class trap and we're, we're not taught to be free thinkers, you know, anymore. We're, we're the school system by and large teaches us to be laborers. And, and one yes. of the major things that causes that is it teaches you to be afraid of failure, which is something you 100% mm-hmm. have to overcome if you're going to be an entrepreneur, because if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're 100% going to fail at first. Right. But when you go through the school system, they give you a big fat F on your paper or whatever, and they make you afraid to fail. And that's the same way if you go out and you have that employee mindset and you're going to work a job or whatever, that first week, that first month of the job, you're just terrified to mess anything up. You're afraid to fail all the time. But entrepreneurs understand that they, the failure isn't real. It's just part of the process. There's no such thing as failing. It's just learning. Whenever you do anything at first, you suck at it. Whether it's riding a bike or trying to swim or whatever it is, you're always going to suck at first. It's just part of the process. You keep going and you get better and better and better at it. I'm just going on a rant now because no, no, um, you, had a lot of, trap, you had a lot of <laughs> you had a lot of key points. Uh, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. I've said this. I went to college. Um, you know, my, my parents pushed me big because I was like the first one in my whole family to go to college. Um, I got bored of it. Um, I just, I don't know. Like, I think I always knew I was meant for more and, you know, I had to drop out of college to help take care of my mom and my brother. Um, You know, my parents separated, got divorced. So I think that was one of the greatest things that could have happened was me dropping. And I was, you know, 4.3 GPA, full ride to UCF here in Orlando. Um, But it's just, like you said, it it was kind of like a trap. I, I agree with all the points that you hit, you know, um, I honestly feel like the school system and that's where same with my kids. I let my kids be free thinkers, you know, um, obviously you gotta be respectful. I don't let them go crazy, but <laughs> they could just say whatever they want and be disrespectful, but just have an imagination, you know, um, you don't have to be confined to what everyone's telling you. You have to be, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that that's, that's a big issue that, um, the school system has is not allowing people to fail and i think that's a big problem especially now like i think as a society we start seeing that more and more now um i'm not big on the participation trophies at all like i play basketball my whole life since i was like four years old and my kids just played and i was so upset at the league because they weren't keeping score there was no winner no loser at the end of each game Everyone got the same trophy. I was like, what is this? Like, you're basically letting everyone know no matter how hard you work, you're going to be rewarded as the same person who didn't work nowhere near as hard as you. So basically somebody who never came to practice, participated in like two games, gets the same reward as someone who was first person in practice, last person out of practice. At every single game, working extra hours after practice, after the games, it's the same reward. And I think, I think that's horrible, you know? And I think that that's something that yeah, we need to what's break away from. Yeah. Um, we need to break away from that. And I think entrepreneurship will teach you a lot of lessons that if that's, I think that's the biggest challenge that we were saying, there's going to be a lot of entrepreneurs. We see that wave. I think that's going to be their biggest challenge. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think they're grooming people to be so scared of failure that everyone's rewarded the same when they do fail in entrepreneurship, they're just going to quit. And I think that's the only, that's the main obstacle I see in entrepreneurship from like the younger generation that I would love to provide guidance to people to let them know you are going to fail. It it is. And again, like I think you hit it on the head. It's not failure, right? You're learn and it's a lesson. But I think that's what's going to help them become better entrepreneurs. But they have to see that. They can't be afraid of that. If mm-hmm. not, they run across one obstacle. Shit, I didn't make no money this month. It was a fail. I quit. And you could have had one of the best concepts that could have truly impacted a lot of people. But because you didn't understand that obstacles happen and it's going to push your growth, you just quit. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that especially when you're forced to go to school until you're 18 and they indoctrinate you with all those ideas, 
in order to be a successful entrepreneur, a lot of mind sh- mindset shifts have to occur. And that's just one of them is mm-hmm. realizing that failure isn't real. I don't even like yeah. the word failure. I hate using it. I think that people should just remove it from their vocabulary and just think of it as learning rather yeah. than saying like, I failed at this. No, you didn't. You, ju- you just learned that either you're not supposed to do that or you learned how to do it better or whatever. Stop saying you failed. You didn't fail. That's not a thing. Like that, that's how I like to think. I agree. Grant Cardone talks about that too. Um, he mentions, especially like in marketing, he says, um, I don't look at marketing as an expense. I look at it as an investment. So even if he puts a marketing campaign together, he doesn't get the ROI or the revenue generated from that specific campaign that he was looking for. It's not an expense. Okay, it's an investment. I seen the numbers. I seen what isn't working. Let me adjust and pivot because there still could have been some good out of that mar- that campaign. Let mm-hmm. me pivot to see if I can grow it this way now. But yeah. I think, again, shifting that mindset is super important at a very early stage in your entrepreneurship career. Yeah. I think the mindset shift is, is a process. It takes a while to unlearn all those bad habits and everything. But to your point, what you just mentioned, I believe is, is another aspect to that mindset shift that needs to occur is that employees think of everything as a cost as as an Mm -hmm. expense and and entrepreneurs see if they need to hire people for their company or whatever, they don't see that as a cost. They see it as an investment in not only their company, but also in the person that they're hiring. And so that's another aspect of the mindset shift that needs to occur. And yeah, there's, there's so much that goes into it. Another huge one, in my opinion, is the, mindset shift from scarcity to abundance and not thinking it of business, for instance, as a zero sum game, there's people out there that believe that in order for you to make money, you have to take it from somebody else. And that that's not how money works. That's not how the economy works, but people believe that. I don't know where it comes from, but yeah. And I think it's, it's huge in the older generation too. Like I have this conversation with my, like my mom's, my mom's horrible at this. She's like, scarce mindset to the fullest right um and people who are scarce keep things very close to them because they're scared to lose it because they feel like that's all they have where if you think of abundance you feel like there's plenty of it out there i'm not and obviously you have to be smart with the decisions you make i'm not sitting there saying give your last dollars to somebody who's just taken from you and not thinking of ways to help you grow as a person but i think kind of like how you were saying like removing that scarce mindset and stop blocking it. And a lot of people in the older generation think very negative. Um, oh no, um, this is why I don't watch the news. I feel like it just, there's just so much negativity. You need to retrain your mind. And obviously you need to know what's going on in the world, but you need to make sure that you can control what you're focusing on. But I think moving and shifting your mindset from the scarce mentality to the abundance mentality is super important. And I think an exercise people don't do enough is, is writing things down. Um, I even go through moments where I forget to write things down, but I have notebooks full of like goals, affirmations, you know, things that I'm just really grateful for. Um, because I think like tracking your success, you need to know what you're grateful for, but you need to know what you're going towards. You need to remind yourself that, Hey, I haven't reached my goal, but I'm grateful that I was able to achieve these small steps. You know what I mean? It's like those, those little mini goals in between your big goal that you're at, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I think most entrepreneurs realize how important mindset is. And so a lot of them will have a morning routine, or at least we call it that something where we go through and we do affirmations or journaling or that kind of thing. Do you have one Hector? Yeah. Um, What's your morning routine? What the kids do? Because if not, if I get up, when the kids get up, I'll never be able to do anything. Um, so I try to get up like an hour and a half, two hours before the kids do. Um, one thing I try to do is just kind of relax my mind. I don't look at my phones right away. Like I have the alarms on my phone, shut my alarm off and then, all right, let me just let my mind wake up. Um, I go to, um, this guy's name is Tomo. He has Aspire Rejuvenation Clinic. He has these, um, these supplements that are really good for your brain. Um, helps, especially as entrepreneurs, we need to, we do a lot of thinking and a lot of heavy load on our brain. Um, we need to make sure that we're, we're feeding it the proper nutrition. And sometimes we don't eat enough. 
as entrepreneurs. Sometimes we might not eat all day. So I usually like take a couple supplements just to kind of make sure my brain is functioning and I'm up. Um, try to do like some breathing and just try to prepare for the day. And then I start with my journaling. Um, I'll do like the top five things I want to tackle that day. I'll do a, a gratitude list, everything I'm grateful for. Um, I'll do uh, affirmations. I write my affirmations as in like I already have it right now. So like I'm happy and grateful now that I'm a billionaire. So I like already achieved it. I'm here. Um, so that's how I write my affirmations and actually learned this. Um, we're in the leverage lifestyle group. Uh, I learned a lot. Some of these things from Colin, actually, um, the, the love letter to money. I actually do that. Um, I actually write a letter to money, thanking it for everything I was able to achieve and the abundance that it has in my life. Um, and then I make sure I write down like my goal to what am I striving for? And am I closer today than I was two days ago? So just kind of like restructuring my brain, making sure I'm preparing myself for the day. Um, and then I'll have like a protein shake or something like that. Um, and then after that, then I'll check emails and, and start going through the business side of it. But it's a good like 30, 45 minutes. I'm, you know, I'm just kind of like focusing on myself. And I think it's, a, it's a, especially for parents, I think it's super important. Um, we give so much to the business and so much to our families. I think it's super important to give to yourself as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. The leverage of lifestyle, um, like Colin Yerkeson is, is definitely a really good group that he's got. What really blew me away in that was his travel hacks. Cause I wasn't privy to any of that information beforehand. I actually signed up for that group for the personal branding information, which was good. Don't get me wrong, but I was really, really blown away by how he travel hacks. Like you, you really can, travel anywhere for super cheap it's yeah. luxury too Absolutely. like it works stuff. yeah it's yeah. crazy so um yeah definitely anybody listening to this definitely recommend that group check them out and yeah i haven't tried the love letter to money thing yet and part of the reason is because my morning routine takes me like over an hour to do already <laughs> so i'm like not super inclined to add anything else but i've been meaning to try that because i actually heard a, um another young entrepreneur arlen moore his group is called tribe and he's big on like networking all over the world and just building your network. And he mentioned it. So I think I might try it soon here, but yeah, a lot of it's people really swear by that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, you'll, you'll notice kind of the shift in your mind, how you're, you're talking to money. You know what I mean? Because I mean, people have their own concepts on what they feel about money. I feel like money having access to it is one of the biggest tools like, Hey, you want to build memories. All right, great. How are you going to pay for that? Um, you know, you want to be able to sit back and enjoy it or God forbid something happens medically and you need to like, how do you pay for all that? So making sure you understand money as a tool. Um, people are like money is the root of all evil. I don't believe in that whatsoever. Um, and I always say like, there's different types of people. There's people who are money hungry and money motivated feel like money hungry people will do evil and bad things just to get access to it. Well, people who are money motivated, understand and respect it and will work as hard as possible to achieve great things to be able to have access to the money. So yeah. as long as your money motivated and you let that motivate you so you can do certain things, I think that's a different mindset than what other people think of when they say money is the root of all legal, which I think it's crazy. Yeah, that that that's an actual quote from the Bible, but the, everybody gets the quote wrong. They say that money is the root of all evil. It doesn't say that. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. That's the quote. It's in a Pauline letter. I'm not going to get all theological about it like, <laughs> off on, on that tangent, but I loved how that you, you followed that up by saying um, or describing the difference between money motivated and money, money hungry, right? Because that's exactly what that verse gets at is it's talking about the money hungry, the greedy people, right? The people that are lusting for power. That's the root of all evil, not, mm -hmm. not money itself. Money itself is a tool. It's just a tool. It can be used for good, obviously. Right. Yeah. So it's a, it's neutral in and of itself. Money just buys you options. That's what it does. It is a tool to buy you options. And so, yeah, man, that's, that just hits, back to what we were talking about earlier about how conventional wisdom is slow to change. And there's so many people operating with bad information just like that. And it sounds like a nuance by saying that it's the love of money 
that's the root of all evil versus money is the root of all evil. But that those mm-hmm. are two different things. That's two totally different things. And it's important to make the distinction. So Hector, tell me about your business. What do you do? So uh, we're a business resource center um, focusing heavy on just being able to provide whatever resources a business needs to grow. So whether it be, and again, this isn't me saying I'm an expert in all fields. It's me networking and growing this resource to be able to connect people together. Um, like just today, uh, I know a guy that was really big into, into gold and I know people who love to buy gold. So I connected them together and I make nice penny by just being able to connect people together to make transactions and deals happen, which obviously grows their business. So, um, we're big into credit, being able to help business owners, obviously obtain credit to be able to finance certain things for their business. Um, real big into M and a deals, doing transactions, good quality transactions. We work with private family offices, hedge funds. So if somebody needs an investment for their business, they have a good balance sheet, you know, to connect them to certain people to help them get access to the capital they need. So really operating as just like a resource center for people to be able to help and grow their business. Nice. Yeah. It sounds like you got your hand in a lot of different things there. So overall it's business finance, business funding, business credit, um, company, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. how did you get into that? Um, so like I grew up in the call center since the age of 20. Um, I had a kid when I was 19 years old and when you have a kid at an early age, like, you know, I said, I dropped out of college, take care of my mom, my brother. And then right after that, I had a kid. It's like, oh, shit, I got to learn how to make money fast. Got a lot of people I got to take care of. Um, so first, like, remember, the back of my mind was, man, my dad tried to be an entrepreneur when I was younger. He just didn't succeed because he didn't have the things that he needed. Um, when I was 19, I, I wasn't thinking about that all the way through. But I started acquiring a skill set that helped me make money that opened a lot of doors for me and it was sales. Um, another, we were talking about, right? Wordplay, misconception of what words really mean. The word manipulation has such a negative, um, like people think of, of, of manipulation in such a negative way and it, it's not. It's when used in an evil way, when you try to manipulate people to do things that they shouldn't be doing is when the word manipulation is, is bad, right? Sometimes you have to manipulate people so they can get out of their own mind to make the right decisions for them. And that's a skill set that I learned at a young age. Um, so once I understood sales and I learned sales, it opened a lot of doors for me until I finally got into business, business finance and being able to get like loans for people, understanding how that's how you grow your business. And then I ran a call center for a business funding company realize how great it was and the opportunities that help other entrepreneurs. And then I started acquiring more and more resources until I said, you know what, if they could just come to me for everything, instead of having to go to all these other places, I can make a lot of money. Um, And I didn't have to be the expert on any of it. I just have to make sure that they come to me and I can connect them with people and I can grow a successful business model. And that's what I've done. Awesome. Yeah. What you said there about sales is music to my ears. If anybody is listening that has listened to all the episodes of employee to entrepreneur, they'll know my opinion is that the best way to get started in entrepreneurship is sales. I'm strongly opinionated about that. And anybody that comes to me for advice or coaching and that kind of thing, that's usually the direction I try to push them in, even though nobody wants to do it. Everybody thinks of sales as either scary or sleazy or whatever, but modern sales is not like that. Modern sales is very collaborative. It's it's very mm-hmm. much um, a process wherein you help the prospect come to their own conclusion about how to solve their problem. And sometimes yeah. that involves disqualifying them from your product or service, by the way. It doesn't necessarily mean pushing everybody into your product or service if they're not a good fit. It doesn't mean that at all. But yeah, so sales, I think, is the way for sure. And especially because nobody wants to do it. There's such an opportunity yeah. there. And you can make a ton of money. You could even just just stay in sales. You can you can actually work as a remote closer nowadays and make 20, 30K a month easy at, yeah. right from home or, you know, not from home in 
you know, Dubai or whatever, wherever you're traveling. Yeah. It's an awesome opportunity nowadays uh, that so many people I don't think are privy to, but it's uh, people who make millions working for somebody else in sales. Yeah, you can literally you can't they, make they millions. Make millions. Yeah, you can 100% make millions. Of, you can make more than the CEO of a company and be a W2 yeah. worker in sales. And, yeah. But obviously, you, you have to be very good at, at sales if you're going to do that. But a lot of huge entrepreneurs got started in sales. Like It doesn't surprise me at all that you, you mentioned that as your entry into entrepreneurship because that, that's a very common story. Like Gary Vee got started in sales, for instance. He's like the personal brand guy in entrepreneurship. Um, there, even um, uh, Mark Cuban got started in sales. Yes. There's a there's a long list of guys that are you know billionaires my, basically. My first sales job, I was 13 years old. Um, so I, I wanted to buy myself stuff. I was love sports, so I was like, I wanted certain basketball shoes. I wanted Jordans, right? Um, my dad and my mom were like, Yeah, great. We can't afford that. Um, so my first job was actually kind of entrepreneurship. I was knocking on doors, um, convincing people why I should be the one cutting their grass. So I would cut their grass for $25 a lawn. And this is where I also learned a little bit about entrepreneur. At first I was like, man, what, what's going on? Like I would cut the grass for $25. My, I would keep like five bucks. My dad kept like 20. Sometimes I got to keep 10. He would keep 15. Um, it taught me, like, I don't know if this was his purpose of why he did this, right? <laughs> it could have just been like, hey, I'm your dad. Um, this is my cut. Or, but it taught me a couple of things because money has to be put aside for taxes, right? Money has to be put aside to upkeep, upkeep equipment, right? You don't keep everything that you make. Everything isn't yours whenever you, even when you're selling a product in your business. You have to learn how to put money aside, for other aspects of the business and whether he was purposely teaching me that or not, it's something that I ended up learning at a very young age, you know? Um, but yeah, my, again, how to convince people door to door, um, why I should cut their grass for 25 bucks was like my first kind of intro into entrepreneurship. So once I got on the phones, it was just like, hold on, I don't have to knock on doors anymore. I could just, you know, call people and talk to them and and make a lot of money like this is uh, this is amazing <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah a lot of people say cold calling is is really rough and it can be it but anybody that thinks cold calling is rough should try door to door <laughs> that's a whole other yeah. <laughs> yeah especially like in florida man oh man um because i lived here in florida when i was doing the um door to door and cutting grass and um i'll never forget and this is why I, I love being on the phones. Um, there was one lawn, and you live in Florida. So you know when the grass is too too long and it rains, grass has that smell to it when you cut it. It just doesn't smell good. So I had to cut, oh, man, these people's lawn. It took me, I had to push more. It took me like four or five hours. The grass was almost up to my knee. They hadn't cut it in months. And you know, in Florida, that grass grows quick in the summertime. And they had just rained the day before, and it just had this smell to it. And um, I finished the lawn, get home, throw up, and just pass out. I'll, I'll <laughs> never forget that. Um, but again, man, it's lessons in life, um, being grateful that you don't have to do that every day, that you can acquire skill sets that you don't have to do that. And I think that's one thing I love about being here, man, is there's so many skill sets that you can acquire and there's so many opportunities and entrepreneurship now is favored probably more than ever. People are really pushing everyone to be an entrepreneur. We have people like yourself who are willing to help provide and create a platform to help people to be entrepreneurs. And I would say even 20 years ago, you didn't have any of that. I mean, shit, even 10 years ago, you didn't really have that, you know? So I think people should really start thinking about, you know, becoming an entrepreneur. I think this is the perfect time to really um, just, you know, take a leap of faith in yourself. You know, I think it's the perfect time for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that 
I really believe that that the trend is going to be that the younger generations become entrepreneurs, but I don't want, and the reason why I'm trying to build this particular podcast and the newsletter and everything up, the Discord group, is because I want to inspire and tell the guys that are just like me that at once felt trapped or either feel trapped right now by that middle class trap that they're in some job that they feel like they're beholden to and they can't escape it, that that's not the case. Like you, you can do it. It's going to be hard. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be harder for you than it is for the young guns that have more time and less responsibilities than you as a family man, as a husband and a father, but it is possible. And I want to be here for those guys. Um, if they're listening. So, and that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast because you, you're a guy that's been able to execute both and do it successfully. And I want to inspire and motivate and educate and support them and get them out too and not have them feel like they're trapped and they, they made a mistake and now they're they're going to be an engineer or whatever it is for the rest of their life and they they just let their dreams die because that breaks my heart honestly like i think that there's yeah. so many people out there that they feel like they made that mistake and now they're trapped and and now they can't make whatever that dream was happen anymore but i don't think that has to be true at all i i really don't think it has to be true and i like i've been trying to emphasize it's never been easier to start a business even if you got to start it as the side hustle and only work on it for a few hours a week or whatever at first getting started is the most important thing right if you just keep thinking about it dreaming about it never making it happen then that's all it's ever going to be is this thought or dream that you let die but yeah i think that uh uh, my niche, if you will, the guy that I'm trying to target is the guy like you and me, the guy that has the family um, that aspires to entrepreneurship and wants to escape the rat race. So I really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, I where can appreciate people find you. Um, people find on, you? on Instagram uh, at Hector Perdomo 87. Um, Hector Perdomo me is kind of like my landing page and it has all of my contact information. I have like an ebook and stuff. I put it on there. Um, that's where I post a lot of my content. Um, I've been doing a lot of studying on, on financing, capital raising. So I haven't been pushing a lot of content, I would say like the past six, seven months, but, um, you're actually like, and it's crazy. I was telling my wife, I was like, all right, I've learned a lot. I need to start pushing out some content. And then you mess with me like, Hey, the top on this podcast. I was like, perfect. This is my sign that I need. I'm ready to start doing some more content. So, um, Instagram is usually where, where I'm at and it's the easiest to find a lot of the content that I'm putting. And that's at Hector Perdomo 87, or like I said, my, my landing page, HectorPerdomo.me. Nice. Nice. And to be clear, you can help people with business funding, credit repair, business finance stuff, anything else? Um, SEO marketing. Um, I mean, e-commerce stores, if they need customer service, like we do customer support for e-commerce stores. So if they need phone support, customer support, chat support, um, have access to call centers globally all around the world. Um, so just depending if they need bilingual people, if they want someone here stateside, um, you know, really anything that they need help with. If they're looking to exit their business, making sure that we can get the, the capital for their exit, you know, um, really heavy into like business financing and helping them grow on uh, scale their business. Very cool. Yeah, I like the customer service thing. I, I might need your services for that, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not that e-commerce is my thing, but I have a couple of stores that I have other people run for me. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting niche. Oh, yeah. Like I said, when, when they had the, the PPP chat, man, we ran one of the largest customer support teams out there. Um, a lot of days with no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but... You know, it's rewarding as a father being able to provide for your kids. Like my son just had surgery. And if I worked a, a nine to five job, I wouldn't be able to be there for him like I am now. Um, my wife and I really diving into this entrepreneurship allows us to take care of our kids when something happens to where I don't have to call someone and say, hey, um, I have to miss work today. My son is sick. My daughter's sick, you know. Um, so it's a great passion of mine to help entrepreneurs just like it's a passion of yours. So. Um, it's worth the risk. Uh, I would do it over and over and over again, no matter how many obstacles, obstacles come in my way. 
Awesome. Yeah. And so if you're listening to this and you're a family man of yourself and you're a budding entrepreneur or you haven't even started yet, you're just an aspiring entrepreneur, I would highly, highly encourage you to to do it, to take the leap, to join us. Hit us up. DM Hector or DM me on Instagram or basically any social media platform or probably on all of them. And Join me, join Hector, and make the transition from employee to entrepreneur, guys. It's worth it. It'll be hard. It'll probably take longer than you think it will, but it will 100% be worth it. I guarantee you, especially if you want to spend more time with your kids um, and be able to leave a legacy, retire the wife, and all that kind of good stuff. So take the leap, make the transition, and we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening.